It's time to have lunch and talk sports. It's the Midday Sports Zone on Sports Radio 93.1. Happy Wednesday. Welcome into the Midday Sports Zone. Russ Brown and Daniel Shirley with you talking sports for the next two hours. A 99.9% chance today's show goes completely and totally off the rails. Pretty good chance of that. Really good Pretty chance good of that. Pretty good chance of that, for sure. Really, really good chance for that. We'll have plenty of time for open phones so you can participate and go off the rails with us. We invite you. Or take you. us off the rails. Or bring us back onto the rails, I, whatever. I like it when somebody else takes us off the rails. <laughs> and that happens every once in a while. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm such a crotchety old man these days because anytime I, anything outside of the normal routine happens, it just throws my whole day off. So today is all nothing bad. So it's a good thing. I got my car back. I was in an accident. About two and a half months ago, and it took forever and a day. Um, just know that if somebody hits you, it's it's going to be a while before you get your car back because yep. everybody shops about two months behind. But uh, so yeah, it's a good thing. But I had to go turn in the rental and then go get the car, and it's just threw me off. It's taking a while. Yeah, I mean I'm uh, plenty of time to get it done. You know, I'm you're, organized. You're good. I don't know. You got your car back. Yeah, I'm organized. I know how to manage my time well. So it, it's, but still, it just it throws me off. I always tell my sons, it's okay to put yourself in an uncomfortable situation, right? Mm-hmm. It's okay to fail. It is. I mean, it's okay to, you know, not succeed. I mean, you learn from those things. <clears throat> and nobody's going to not fail. Everybody's going to fail. <clears throat> but I'm – and I tell them that, and then when I get in an uncomfortable situation, I'm not great at it. <laughs> <laughs> It's the it's the it's the classic case of do what I say, don't do well, what I do. Yeah, learn from me. <laughs> I mean, I'm much better when my routine is on point, and when I'm off my routine, I'm in a little I'm a little bit of a mess. So, uh, but yeah, you got your your you got your car back. Yeah, we're good to go, and uh, did a great job. Big step now. Now we need the bigger step. Yeah, well, that's coming. So, yeah. we'll we'll get there someday. Um, I wanted to start today's show with Todd Munkin. Uh, which I know it's not really a, a Ravens show per se, uh, but he was introduced as the officially introduced as the offensive coordinator in Baltimore yesterday. And a couple of uh, things came out of it that we didn't know before. Um, so the, the first person that suggested Todd Munkin to John Harbaugh was Joni Crean, wife of former Georgia basketball coach Tom Crean. Right. How about that? Talk because, about you know, they're related. Yeah, is it what it is? She's, she's she's John's sister. That's yeah. There it is. Right. There it is. So, thanks for that, Joni. Appreciate that. Well, and and it's funny in the uh, in the AJC the way that uh, Chip Towers wrote it up was 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 kind of funny because he said, uh, so you know the Georgia fans you can uh, how did well, I can't find it now, but it was he worded it really well because there are some people that are upset that he's leaving so now they now they've got somebody they can blame it's it's still it's all Tom Crean's fault still Tom Crean's fault he ruined the basketball program and now he cost you an offensive coordinator um so anyway that was an interesting part of, of what came out of that and then i think the other takeaway is it's pretty obvious Todd Munkin wanted to go back to the National Football League right for whatever reason, I think, and we can all. This is where we can all speculate, but I think it's because he wanted, he wants to be a head coach, and I and think he wants to be a head coach in the NFL, not in college. Well, I don't think. Well, it's like he said when asked about the Purdue job. He said nobody wants my old ass. Right. 
that's where we're at in college athletics now. It's not necessarily the best coach, but it's it's the best leader of a program, and those can be two different things. Right. So if you're a football guy and you just want to coach football, college football is probably not the place for you. Well, you think about – look, I had somebody say when I tweeted out um, – let me see if I can find the tweet. Okay, here it is. Uh, well, th- this is different. This isn't about Todd. This is about the um, the Florida D.C. got a job with the Cardinals, right? Mm-hmm. But it's the same thing. And the reply was, NFL is so much easier. No recruiting, no NIL, no parents, no girlfriends, et cetera, et cetera. Is the NFL easier? Mm-hmm. You think so? Oh, you yeah. You I haven't mean, no- you haven't noticed the you coach football. Yeah, but you haven't noticed the trend of coaches leaving college to go to the NFL. Sure, because you just—I mean, it's just football. I get that. The you just coach football, but I would think the coaching of football is a lot harder in the NFL than oh, in no. college because you don't have the talent disparity. No, no, in college you've got to deal with parents. No, I mean that, just coaching the game. Right, but that's not. But you don't get to just do that. Okay, that's that's. No, I know that, but I'm just saying it, it's harder to keep your job in the NFL. Because the talent is even. Yeah. And you have to win. Right. Right? At Georgia, how many times is Georgia going to play a team with more talent than them in well, a year? Right, but you how many times is your franchise quarterback going to transfer to another That's true. team? No doubt. You, I mean, you, no doubt. your roster's not year-to-year in the NFL. You can you can build a team. You can build a franchise. Now, sure. the window's about two or three years, but you can't build a team in college anymore. Yeah, not, you're right. Right. I just meant the actual coaching of – the game. Well, I think if it was just the actual coaching, yeah, college would be easier. Yeah. But because, it's because But 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 again, the college game's not about X's and O's. No, it's not. The college game's about acquiring talent and keeping that talent. That's right. And uh, it's harder to do that now than ever. Uh, I, I don't know how you do it. And you know, the thing about it was people were like, well, he doesn't like to recruit. He wasn't he wasn't doing a lot of the recruiting anyway. No, he wanted to go to the NFL. Yeah, he did. That's it's a, it's a higher level of football. Right. I think sometimes down here we forget that. Yes. The, like it's it, like it, he was uh, he was well paid, he was at the best college football program in the country, but it's not the highest level of football. So and he wants to go coach in the NFL, and I think you know at fifty seven years old and being a football guy, it, you know he wants to be a head coach. The NFL is the place for him, and you're not you're not going to be able to ascend to the head coaching ranks in the NFL from a coordinator position in college. It's the head coaches in college that get the NFL jobs. Right. No doubt. No doubt about that. And and I'm I mean, and then the other thing that he said, and for the people that are concerned, I yeah, just take what Todd Munkin said yesterday in his press conference. Part of the reason I went to Georgia was because of culture. Great head coach, winning, really good on defense, and then they were obviously trying to find a way to get better on offense. I came in there and the culture was already set, the players were already recruited. The staff we put together was tremendous in terms of our success, but this is what is next. So Mike Bobo's walking into the same situation. The culture's already set. The players are there. They're really good on defense. So there really shouldn't be any concern. The program's built. You just need a guy to have, you know, it's just, I've always said, just have a system that you can teach your players and that they understand. And if you've got better talent, that's that's where the winning comes in. As long as you're organized and you've crossed your T's and dotted your I's, talent's going to win out. It's the, Jimmy, it's the Jimmys and the Joes, as they say. Yep. I mean, a, 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 a coaching deficiency can hurt you in bigger games, but 
somebody's experienced as Mike Bobo that's done it before and been a head coach, I, that's not going to be the case. Yeah, I, I, I don't even think like I don't think you know people say well Munkin wants to be a head coach. I, I, I think it's specifically he wants to be a head coach in the NFL. Yeah. I really do. And and well, I don't think a college would hire him. I don't think so either. And it's like you said, nobody wants my old ass. You know, it, that's a shame. That's just, it's an absolute shame because I don't know. Like, I mean, I think Purdue made a fine hire. I mean, you know, sure. he's a good coach, you know, but I it's I think Munkin done could have done a really good job there. And I, I can't wait to watch him work with Lamar Jackson. Oh yeah, if that's Lamar gonna be Jackson's fine. still gonna be there. He'll still be there. I, I I think they'll end up franchising him if they can't get a deal worked out. No, I remember right before Georgia Tech hired Brian Gregory. Bob Hoffman, who used to be the head coach here at Mercer, said, who do you think Tech's going to hire? And I remember I looked at him, I was like, what about you? He's like, they're not looking for somebody like me. And that's when I was over 10 years ago. And that's when it's like, that. that's when I first started to realize, like, it ain't, it ain't about coaching at the collegiate level necessarily. I mean, it is, but it, but it isn't. <laughs> it's, it's, it's being a coach in college, it means something else. It means – you're really more like a CEO, right? You know, you, you've got a program, you've got a, you've got to deal with marketing, recruiting. Uh, now you have to deal with NIL and the transfer portal on top of all of that. Uh, branding, you know, there's a social aspect to coaching in college that doesn't exist at the pro level. Um, you know, at the pro level, you got to keep an owner happy. The collegiate level, you got to keep multiple boosters. Presidents, athletic directors, happy. It's it's a different ball game. No, it absolutely is. And again, I that part of all that stuff's true. I mean, there's there's way more to deal with uh, in college as far as just all this other stuff off the field. That would be. I mean, to me, that would it would be hard to deal. Like, I would love to. I, I would. I think I would love recruiting. I love that part, but dealing with NIL, dealing with the transfer portal, dealing with, I I mean, even parents, I would be okay with dealing with parents, but dealing with boosters who think they should have a say, you know, there's none of that in the NFL. No. You know, that, you know, a a fan. And you're not going to tell them no. That's where your funding comes from. That's where your money comes from. Right. (laughs) I mean, mean, if John, if some fan tries to tell John Harbaugh how to do his job, he's going to tell him to kick rocks. Pretty and much. And he can. <laughs> yeah, and they, right. Right. So it's it's a different animal for sure. We'll take a break. When we come back, the Atlanta Hawks fired their head coach yesterday. We'll talk about that and more as we continue on the Midday Sports Zone right after this. Welcome back into the Midday Sports Zone. I hope everybody's sitting down and you're in your vehicle. Don't wreck. The Hawks are a dumpster fire. Yes, they are. Uh, yesterday, they fired Nate McMillan, and <laughs> yeah, I know that there are fans that are happy because they think it's Nate McMillan's fault. Uh, okay, yeah, I he's got some blame in this, and he was a, this was an inevitable ending for Nate. He wasn't going to be the coach next year, so yeah, go ahead and fire him. That's that's fine, but this this doesn't fix anything as far as this franchise is concerned. It's just the latest chapter in their dysfunction. And here's the timeline. Nate McMillan and Trey Young have the dust-up at shoot-around. 
Trey doesn't come to the arena for the game that night. Everybody tries to downplay it like it's not that big of a deal. Well, then they shuffled the, reshuffled the deck chairs in the front office. Landry Fields in, uh, Travis Schlenk out, basically. I know, well, he's in an advisory role, but uh, we know better than that. Um, so on that, and one of the items that came out, one of the bits of information that came out in that time period was that Nate McMillan tried to resign from his job. And they talked him into staying on till the end of the season. Then you fast forward to the Monday before the All Star break when Landry Fields, or the, I'm sorry, the Monday before that debacle in Charlotte before the All Star break, Landry Fields tells the AJC that since they've reshuffled the front office, the team is doing much better, as indicated by their eight and seven record. And then you fast forward to after the All Star break, and now they fired the guy that they asked to stay on when he tried to resign. I mean, could this be any more messed up? Yeah, it's a it's a mess. I it's and I don't know how you I don't know how you fix it. Um I don't I don't know, you know, cuz it feels like this is this all Nate's fault? No. If this is all Nate's fault, it would have been all Lloyd Pierce's fault. And we found out it wasn't all Lloyd Pierce's fault. And here we are. I mean, Russ, we're in the exact same spot. Time. I mean, when was Nate? When was when was Lloyd Pierce fired? I mean, it was in. It was about the same time period. Yeah. He was fired on March first, twenty twenty one. That's when he was fired. Mm-hmm. It's February 22nd, 2023. Yeah. We are in the exact same spot that we were two years ago. Right. With this team. Exactly. That can't be Lloyd Pierce's fault. <laughs> no. That can't be Nate McMillan's fault. Right. No, I I, I I think we know whose fault it is. I mean, it's the, it's the second time Trey Young hasn't been able to get along with a head coach. I mean, now, that's not always a bad thing because sometimes it's the head coach just – is in over his head, which with Lloyd Pierce being a first-year or first-time head coach, that might have been the case. This wasn't Nate McMillan's first rodeo. Right. So, I, And I don't know if uh, – Landry Fields is supposedly uh, meeting with the media now. We'll see what he says, but I'd really love to hear what Nate McMillan has to say. Now, being an NBA guy, you know, as a player and a coach, he's probably just going to take the high road and move on. But I would really, really love for someone that's not trying to put a positive spin on everything to actually give us some insight to what is going on inside the walls of this franchise. Because I'm serious. This is a pivotal moment for the Atlanta Hawks because you have to – here's what you have to figure out. You have to figure out, is, is Trey Young really somebody you can build a championship team around or do you need to move on? You know, the mistake of of trading Luka Doncic for Trey Young has already been made. And you can just put the two players side by side and, and you made a mistake. Uh there's no two ways about it. Uh and 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 and, and don't call the this station and give me stats. I, I want I want I t- I'm talking W's and losses. Right. I'm not talking stats. I'm and talking wins and losses. They both have been to the conference finals once. But 
doesn't it feel like Dallas is in a much better spot than the Hawks? Well, the the the, the Hawks. The, the well, let's go to the Mavericks. And and this this could change because of who they just traded for. But at the moment, when when you say Dallas Mavericks, I don't think dysfunctional franchise. When you say Atlanta, and this and the dysfunctional part doesn't fall all on Trey. But when you say Atlanta Hawks, I think dysfunctional franchise. Right now, yeah. And I at some point, Trey has to take ownership of this, doesn't he? If and, I, I mean his comments the last couple of years, the regular season's boring, and it's it sounds like it's always somebody else's fault. You know, the stuff with Nate, we should have kept that in house. Well, it happened. If it doesn't happen, you don't have to keep it in house. Right. Exactly. Exactly. And and it so you know, it it it's kind of like a lot of the stuff, the things that were happening and being said, well, he's a young player, he'll grow out of it. Well, this is the fifth year in the league. What is he, 24, 25 years old now? Right. Well, that should have happened by now. And it doesn't seem like it has. And there's still, I mean, it's not too late. There's still opportunity. But, I, I mean, if who, you, the, whoever they bring in and, and the names that have been floated out there, I, I think Kenny Atkinson, Quinn Schneider, uh, the, what's the guy's name that used to coach the Celtics? Um, oh, Adoka. Yeah. It, it just uh, They're all good hires and they sound like good names, but, like, the hesitation on Quinn Snyder because, well, he might be too tough on the players. Well, that's a that's a player's problem. That's a roster problem. That's not a Quinn Snyder problem. I mean, these guys are supposed to be professionals. I get bring me in a. I don't want a players coach, not in the NBA, because I because I mean, unless you unless Anthony Edwards is on your team, those guys don't want to play anyway. So they're not going to like being coached. Period. Good. I don't want them to like being coached. I want them to. Realize, you know, you got to show up 82 nights out of the year and bring your best. And, and that's how you build and win championships. Not, oh, the regular season's boring. Right. Oh, well, we went to the Eastern Conference Finals last year. We can just turn it on. Because you can't. The Miami Heat embarrassed you last year in the playoffs. Yeah, I, I don't the, – the, the regular season is boring thing to me really changed uh, kind of how I – think about Trey because if the regular season is boring then what else are you playing for you only play the playoffs two months a year you play 82 games in the regular season and you find that boring well how about you win in the regular season and get a higher seed and you're not stuck in the play-in tournament every year the regular season is boring. Sounds like to me like a guy who doesn't want to be in the NBA. Right. There. So if the if regular season is boring, what are the other two hundred eighty three days out of the year? Right. Right. I mean, you you you're asked to perform eighty two times in a year. That's it. And you're bored by that. And you're bored. Again, I I just are you a winner, and do you want to put in the work, or do you just want to have? The benefits of celebrity. Do you think, and this is a, a bigger picture question uh, for the NBA, and we'll, we'll maybe dive more into this a little bit later in the show. Do you think when a Charles Barkley, who's been out smoking about you know, players today and, and calling guys out for not playing, uh, or any former player 
or or even Mike Malone, the coach of the Jazz, calling the All Star game the worst basketball game he's ever seen. When 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 modern or current players hear that, do you think they even care? Do you think they're even phased by that? I don't think. Well, I think some might. I think. Well, the ones who cared would have played hard, right? Yeah. I, I don't. You know, again, I, I regular season is boring to me. Is the guy that doesn't care. Are you a winner or not? You know the the old what's the old uh, Mike Singletary? I want winners. Yeah. I you know. Thanks for keeping your pants on when you said that. By the way, <laughs> he was such a terrible head coach. <laughs> terrible, believe me. I sat through it. But that speech is right. You want guys who want to compete and who want to work and winning. It's about winning. Yeah. Well, it's it should be. Right. Well, that's what you want. Right. It should be. But, you know, and, and I'll say this, too. As, as I got older, I realized, you know, like I can I can love a sport and and give as much effort as I want to. It's not going to change how tall I am. It's not going to change how fast I am. It's not going to change how athletic I am. But if I was 6'7", 220 pounds and in great physical shape and got with the God-given ability to shoot a basketball – is it possible that I could have a million-dollar-a-year job that I don't love? Yeah. I mean, I, I wonder if there's some of that going on, too. It's just like, I, you know, you, you win the genetic lottery, so you have this opportunity to make millions of dollars playing a sport you know, that you don't necessarily have to love to be good at. Well, then the Hawks made a mistake by giving those guys contracts. Yeah, well, I mean, yeah, sure. I wasn't necessarily talking about the Hawks. Well, but sure. Yeah. Right, right, right. Just, but, I mean, yeah, I mean, I'm sure that happens. You know, are there guys who love playing as much as LeBron James? Yes, but there's a lot of guys who probably don't. Yeah. You and, know, I mean, it's... And there's a lot, I mean, there, there's, and this is where the money comes in. You know, if you go back to, you know, people, like before I, we started watching, you know, where, where you know, in an era of the NFL where guys had jobs in the offseason to make ends meet. Right. Now, that's a different ball game. You're not, you, 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 I mean, you're, you know, you've got to love it at that point, right? Well, with today's money, you don't. And I think that's just sometimes for fans, that's something that we don't really want to think about or talk about. But I wonder if some – and the NBA would stand out to me the most because, you know, being 5'10 is not going to hold you back from being a good baseball player or, or being a good football player. Right. I mean, it's going gonna, it's, it's gonna to create some issues for you in the NBA. It's harder, for yeah. sure. It's not – it's a – you can still be good, but you it's, it's a much – more difficult path for sure. Yeah. I mean, I've really I've really kind of changed my thoughts on Trey like three or four times since he's been in the league. I have too, yeah. I wasn't as much against the trade as you were. Mm-hmm. But I did I I I'm not a fan of a guy who doesn't you know, just it, it always seems to be about the flash and no substance. And that's what he seemed like to me. I mean, you know, the 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 30-foot jumpers are fine, but what about the eight turnovers, mm-hmm. right? So then he kind of changed, and he, and he figured that stuff out, and he started playing better, and then this stuff happens. Yeah. Well, and I think for me, the, uh, I, the mistake that I made is um, before their unfortunate passing, uh, obviously uh, Kobe Bryant's daughter, that was her favorite player. And I just – for some reason, I just made a connection that Trey would have that kind of mentality that Kobe had, and he he, he 
it's not to say that he can't develop it, but no, he doesn't have that. Yeah. And that, that, so I, that was probably my fault. But anyway, we'll take a break. Uh, we've got some news and notes to get through, then we'll open it up for phone calls. That and more as we continue on the Midday Sports Zone right after this. 11.32, Russ and Daniel back with you here on the Midday Sports Zones, talking a little bit of everything here in this segment. Um, so last night, uh, the struggles continued for the Georgia basketball team as they lost to Arkansas and uh, just uh, kind of playing out the string here. 97-65 to 65 was the final. And, uh, you know, there's there's like a – there's a hump now. You know, I think we've got kind of the, the goal for next season for the Georgia basketball team. You know, this year, as we've said since about <laughs> really December, this year is already a success because they started uh, – I mean, they only won six games last year. So they started as, as far down as you can. But I think they've maximized the tier that they're at. They're 6-9 and nine in league play. Arkansas is now 8-7. and seven. So I, th- I think Georgia is – is the, obviously, they're not in the bottom tier of the league. That would be South Carolina, Ole Miss, LSU. So they've gotten out of that. They're in that next tier now, uh, which I would say, I guess right now, would be Florida, Georgia, Mississippi State. So next year, I, I think the, the goal should be to try to finish in the top half of the league, which would be two more spots up. I think that's realistic. Right. It's a slow – You're basically lo- saying 500 in the SEC. I, I saw somebody tweet it at Shanks yesterday, what's happened to Georgia basketball? I mean, come on. I mean, it's you, you didn't think this was going to be an NCAA tournament team in the first year, right? They won one conference game last year. <laughs> the fact that they are even competitive yeah. this year is a huge step in the right direction. Well, well I remember um, when – so the, the league play started, and they had those back-to-back wins over Mississippi State and Ole Miss, which but Mississippi State 6-9 and nine in the league, Ole Miss is 2-12. and 12. So, but we didn't know Ole Miss was that bad right. then. Uh, so, so you kind of had that, that gave you a glimmer of hope. And then the Joel Lenardi bracketology came out and they weren't even in the top 80. And it's like, okay, well, now you got to start picking up wins. And you had that stretch, Kentucky, Vanderbilt, Tennessee, where you knew it was going to be tough to go on the road and win at Kentucky. And it was going to be tough to go on the road and win at Tennessee. But as long as you didn't lose to Vanderbilt and you won one of those games, you could play yourself into being a bubble team. Well, they lost all three. Right. So that's kind of where that went off the rails. And in that stretch, they lost six out of seven. Uh, they righted the ship with a win over Kentucky. Uh, and that was a good win at Stegman Coliseum. They beat LSU. LSU's 1-13 in the SEC this year, so they're not very good. And now, I mean, they got blown out by Alabama. Alabama's the, the number one team in the country. You know, they're, they're not ready to be at that level. And they got beat pretty bad on the road. And the Bama game was on the road, too. They got beat pretty bad on the road last night against Arkansas. And Arkansas is in that tier of the SEC right now that Georgia's trying to get to next year. But you're right. That wasn't going to happen overnight. No, not not in that conference. I mean, that's a, that's a hell of a conference. Yeah, it really is. To have to, to, have to work through and, and, you know, where they came from. It's not like they were middle of the pack. And I know last year doesn't impact this year. All that stuff's true. You start over every year. We hear coaches say that all the time. But, Russ, they were so far behind everybody well, you, else. You, you were, like, you're, you're a six-win team that fired its coach. You're not going to attract a lot of players. No, right. So now, you can, now you've got a little bit more to work with in this offseason, and that's, what you've, that's would, what you've built. I would think the step – like they've taken big steps this year. I would think they would take even bigger steps next year. 
Sure. Because he'll be able to say, look, look what we did in one year. Come help us, mm-hmm. and we can do even more. And he's a hell of a coach. He's a very good he coach. He did a good job at Florida. Well, we've said if, if the tenure he had at Florida, if he comes into Athens and has that tenure, he's going to be the best coach since Tubby Smith. He gets a stature. Oh, I had somebody tell me that last night, that, that he's the best coach we've had since – and he's a UGA fan. That's mm-hmm. why I'm saying we. He's the best coach we've had since Tubby Smith. There you go. And, and look, I mean, Tubby, you hate to lose Tubby, but, I mean, Tubby went to Kentucky. Well, yeah. yeah. yeah that's hard to turn down that <laughs> Kentucky money, right? right. Yeah, no, that's that's that's. Remember when Georgia Tech had a really fo- good football coach named George O'Leary, and before everything fell apart, he went to Notre Dame. I mean, right. you're not you, yes. <laughs> like it's come on. Um, speaking of which, Georgia Tech lost last night to Pittsburgh, seventy six to sixty eight, uh, three and fourteen in conference play now. So I mean, there's, and then Pittsburgh's a good team, and it was a competitive game. They so. played that game was a lot more competitive than I thought it would be. Yeah, they, well, they haven't quit. They haven't quit on their coach. So that's the first thing you're looking for. But again, it just seems like there's kind of an inevitability uh about that that you know josh pastner's probably not going to make it past this season and you know and the thing is is if you do bring him back the apathy just grows uh rod mckenzie was on with bill yesterday and was asked a question and you know he started talking about nil and 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 donations and stuff like that it's like well you you gotta you can't put the cart before the horse You got to give people something to buy into. Like if you're going, if this is going to be a customer-based system, what are you offering? You know what I'm saying? Gotta, like people got to see something before they can believe it. Right. Into. Well, you can't just tell the blame the fans because they're not writing checks. That, that, college sports, if it starts to turn into that, ain't going to last very long. No, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> like, come on, we got to be better than this. Well, your donations, blah blah. <laughs> You're asking me to invest in something that's crap. No, people don't look for, hey, what, what kind of crappy thing can I invest in today? <laughs> like, that's not how that works. No, it's not. <laughs> so, so, anyway, we'll see We'll see what happens with that as uh, as, as things go along. Uh, last night uh, on the Diamond, the Georgia Tech Yellow Jackets beat Georgia Southern. 8-6 to six was the final score. Um, the Jackets got a three-run home run from Nicholas Romano, it was in uh, middle innings, fifth or sixth, I can't remember exactly which, but that put the Jackets up eight to six in what was a six to five game. And, you know, we talk about the Georgia Tech pitching and, and how they've had issues in that regard. Um, their, the starter, Luke Schmolke, and I hope I said that correctly, comes in very – doesn't even record an out in the first inning and gives up five earned runs. He walked the first four batters he faced. Um, the Yellow Jackets did not give up another earned run after that. So they got really good pitching out of their relief core, as did Georgia Southern. Uh, the, the Georgia Southern bullpen got out of some tight spots uh, down the stretch but couldn't get any runs across the, uh, across the plate there to pull out the win. So Georgia Tech gets the first in-state victory of the season. Uh, and they'll play, I believe it's next weekend, they play Georgia – in their three-game weekend series, and Georgia Southern will host Mercer on Tuesday of next week. Love it. I love the state schools playing each other. And I love the – the especially love the Georgia and Georgia Tech being an actual series instead of playing random Tuesday in March, random Tuesday in yeah. April, you know, and, and then random Tuesday at the end of the month or whatever. I, yeah. I love that. I, I mean, I know it's unrealistic and it's pie in the sky type stuff, but it would be cool if instead of like, 
you know, uh, Georgia Tech played Miami of Ohio. Instead of doing that for three games, play Georgia Southern for three games. Yep. You know, I, I, but maybe I don't know with RPI and the competition and what they're trying to get accomplished. It's, you know, every coach has has different kind of ideas on how to deal with that. Uh, one other note: JP Ty, the catcher for the Eagles, uh, took a a foul tip off his. It looked like a either his wrist or his forearm in the top half of the ninth inning. He stayed in the game, uh, but Kyler Holtgren pinch hit for him in the bottom of the ninth inning. So we'll keep an eye on his health. He's a catcher. He'll be fine, right? Yes. Those guys are tough. Catchers are tough. <laughs> they would play 82 games if they <laughs> yes, were in they the would. NBA. <laughs> um, and one other note, uh, Daniel referenced this earlier. Patrick Tony, the former now, we say, Florida defensive coordinator, has taken a job with the Arizona Cardinals. And here's the tight spot for Billy Napier. Spring practice for the Gators starts in two weeks. Wow. So I would imagine it never ends, does it? No, I, I mean this is. I, I don't think you have a choice. I think you have to promote from within, right? Because I mean, you know, you can't bring a guy in and get him familiar with everything in two well, weeks. Actually, let me uh, let me pull it up here. But it sounds like they've got a guy in play. Got to play. Uh, Alabama linebackers coach Austin Armstrong is expected to become Florida's new DC. Um. And he, I don't think he's even, he, last year he was with Southern Miss. So he just got hired by Alabama mm -hmm. and is now turning around and leaving and going to be Florida's D.C. Hmm. So hadn't even coached a game at Alabama. And now he's already going to, going to Florida. It's crazy, man. The schedule, I mean, and the thing is, it's, it's like it never stops now. Because you have schools, you know, the NFL season pushes its way all the way back into February now. Right. And then you have schools that want to do spring practice early and get it over with. App State started spring practice already. Yeah, the, um, I think Alabama, uh, Michigan started Monday. A lot of teams start next week and then the week after. But And did you hear the, the, the NFL was thinking about putting in a rule where you can't even hire a coach until after the Super Bowl? Wow. Now that'll change things. That's going to really mess things up at the college level. Yeah. Wow. I mean, it's almost like you have to have – Use your analyst positions is like contingency hires, right? Like, you okay, better be good at those spots because you might have to promote one of them. Yeah, <laughs> George's Muschamp and Bobo—they're doing a pretty good job yeah, of it. We talked about that. If Kirby's kind of leading the way with something there, but anyway, Florida's looking for a DC, or I guess they found a DC. But well, it sounds like Alabama's going to be looking for an inside linebacker. <laughs> there it is. It never stops. But then spinning. that'll be a trickle down to the next one. Oh yeah, no, no doubt. Unless there's an analyst on staff that Alabama just promotes, but we'll see. We'll take a break now. As we do, we'll open up the phone lines. 478-646-ESPN is the number. Anywhere you want to go in the world of sports is fine with us. And we're back with more of the Midday Sports Zone right after this. 1147, Russ Brown, Daniel Shirley back with you here on the Midday Sports Zone. Phone lines are open, 478-646-ESPN. Let's kick it off with Bobby and Macon. Hey, Bobby, how you doing? Hey, Russ. Hey, Daniel. How you all doing? And I, I hope this doesn't derail the show too much today. Um, are you all familiar with the uh, situation with Alabama basketball with the player Brandon Miller and um, Darius Miles? Them? Yep. Yes. Okay. I heard them talking about it this morning. They said a guy doesn't deserve to play. Now, let me ask you this, Russ. If, if me and you hanging out at night mm -hmm. and, you, and I say I'm sleepy, Russ, I'm going to take it in. And you say, well, Bobby – no, I feel like still a party. And I take you to get your car. 
and you fall asleep at the wheel and hurt someone. Am I culpable? Uh, no, but that's not the case here. There was a firearm involved, so that changes things. Well, only well, the carry of firearm is no longer illegal. So, and no, and, but but I have I have, Bobby, I have a, a friend, and she was she wanted to be a police officer. This is going back twenty years, and helping her study for the exam. Um, if I mean, if, if I lend you my gun, whatever you do with that gun, I'm responsible for. Yeah, but if I... I mean, that's not a yeah, but. That's the law. No, I mean, But it was the yeah. other guy's gun. Yeah. But he went and got it for him and brought it to him. Yeah. It, it was the guy's gun who... Yeah, and I think, by the way, I also think Nate Oates should be fired for what he said yesterday. Well, yeah, but if he gave the gun to, to Miles, gave Miles his gun, mm -hmm. left and went back, and then Miles gave the gun to someone else... How is it that Miller is culpable? Well, now, if it's a confrontational situation and you bring a gun into a confrontational situation, yeah. I, I understand. But if I just bring you your property and then you give it to someone else to use, yeah. how am I culpable? Yeah. Well, well he also it's... didn't leave, though. That was the thing. He brought the gun and was there when it happened. Um, so it's a little, it's a little, you're right, it's a little bit of gray area here. And that's why they didn't charge him. The police said, yeah. we don't know what we can charge him with. But then it, the, the program doesn't have to have charges to not let him play. I mean, if you were, if you were running a program, a team, would you want somebody associated with a murder on your team? No, I wouldn't. And I guess that's why I, I didn't have any context to the situation, and that's why I was asking. Yeah. You know, because I, from what I was getting – he just brought him his gun, you know, left, and, and the guy gave it going to someone else. So I didn't have, you know, the full context, and that's that. Hence my call today. Yeah. Yep. yep. You know, I, I needed some clarity if it, if you all had it. Well, I don't know. I don't know if I you called the right show for clarity. clarity. <laughs> <laughs> but no, Bobby, I think it is. You're right. It is a really gray area, and that's why they didn't charge him with anything. But I would say. The program has to hold him responsible for his actions. And there were actions. And, you know, and somebody died. And I think they have to be cognizant of that. So we'll see. I, I mean, I don't know that he's going to jail. I don't, but, I, you know, maybe he's suspended. I don't know. But I think he has to sit a little bit because he was involved in something and then somebody died. And that there, he has to have some responsibility in that, even if a he didn't pull the trigger, and b he just went and got the other guy's own gun. If he didn't do that, then there might not be the the murder at that point. It might have happened another time, but it wouldn't have happened at that point. Yeah. So he has to have well, some responsibility. In that. And another red flag for me is Nate Oates called Ray Lewis. Yeah, I don't think Ray Lewis would be the first person I would be calling. But I mean, but I mean, that's what I'm saying. Like, if you're looking for advice, you, that's the person that you called. Right. I, that that just kind of gives the wrong angle, I guess. Yeah, and and like told people he called Ray Lewis. Yeah, that's it. I don't think I'd be calling Ray Lewis about a murder. <laughs> that's a messed up situation for sure. Four seven eight six four six ESPN. Jed in Warner Robins. Hey, Jed. Um, I was on hold, so I don't know if you guys talked about this, but I believe that guy will have some repercussions with the gun and draft status. Yeah, no, that that could definitely affect your draft status. I mean, that's uh, murder's not something people want to be associated with. 
I mean, that's pretty. It's pretty simple to me. I mean, I like like Daniel was saying from a legal standpoint. You know, the, the legal aspect of things, and then how you, whatever it is you're a part of, your job, your team, your club, your organization, whatever. I mean, they they you know that that's a different set of rules, really. I mean, right. it's I mean they can't throw you in jail, but they can disassociate with. They you. don't have to be associated with you. And it, you know, well, you're right, your legal rights. Sure, that's fine. Legally, you're not going to jail, probably. But our program doesn't have to be associated with that. We can make that, and that's not, that's not doing anything to you. That's not, I mean, that's, we're trying to, I mean, I hate to even say it, like, say face a little bit. We don't want our program associated with stuff like that. That's not the stance Nate Oates took. No, it's not. That's a, it's a shame. But and he came out and made an apology and tried to clarify. I don't know what you need to clarify, but well, I mean, you said wrong place, wrong time. Yeah. I mean, I just <laughs> somebody died. I mean, that's that's a pretty pretty uh, throwaway view of life, if you ask me. To just say wrong place, wrong, yep. wrong time, no doubt. Um, all right, before we get to break here, better things. Mark Bowman just posted video of Spencer Strider throwing at spring training. It's about a forty second video, and I've watched it about three times already. Um, Did he break any catcher gloves or anything? No, 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 no catchers are. I, I mean, I'm sure uh, Sean Murphy's hand might be a little sore, but but he's a big boy. He you can think they it. wear ed- extra little padding underneath the glove when he pitches? Like slide some padding up under there on the palm? I would, if we get a chance, we should ask him that. I would. A hundred is different. Well, I had when I was a little leaguer. Uh, so, you know, take that for whatever it's worth. I played first base. and But sometimes they throw me out in right field, so I just had one glove. But we had a kid at shortstop that was really talented and could sling it, and that's when I went and got a first baseman Smith. <laughs> Matt actually broke his finger, at, broke his thumb at practice one day when he was about eight. Kid threw him the ball, and he, and he caught it wrong off the, off the edge of the glove and broke his thumb. Oh, man. And it wasn't even like it – He's like, Dad, it wasn't even that hard of a throw. And yeah. I said, well, you might have had a chip in there already. Maybe. I, I, you know? I, uh, a buddy of mine we were, was working on like a knuckle curve, and I was, he was a pitcher. I was warming him up before the game. He bounced one in the dirt and broke my thumb. Did he really? Yeah. Ended my baseball career at 13, man. <laughs> I would have made it to the pros if it weren't for that. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. We'll take it to the break. Four seven eight six four six espn Back with more right after this. It's time to have lunch and talk sports. It's the Midday Sports Zone on Sports Radio 93.1. Hour number two of the Midday Sports Zone. Russ Brown and Daniel Shirley with you here. Phone lines are open at 478-646-ESPN is the number. Anywhere you want to go in the world of sports is fine with us. So the was reading about Mike Soroka, or I'm sorry, Michael Soroka and the hamstring. By the way, just a, a sidebar on that. You know, athletes, when they go by their, a name like Mike Soroka and then decide that they want to be called Michael, it's like if I, if I came on the show tomorrow and said, I want, I want to be known as Russell. Right. Like, like, don't get mad if somebody calls up here and still calls me Russ, right? So Mike Soroka, Michael Soroka, clarify that. Remember, it was BJ Upton. He wanted to go by, what was it, um, 
Melvin Upton. Melvin, right? Right. Well, you've been we've called you BJ for so long. Like, and Mike Soroka cleared that. He said that it's his full name. He wanted to go by that. They changed the nameplate on his locker to Michael Soroka. All the documentation officially says Michael Soroka. And he says, but if people still call me Mike, that's fine. Well, I get this a little bit. I get this because. Like, you don't like being called Dan. I don't. I mean, I can live with Dan. But did you ever, in a period of your life, go by Dan? No. See, that's the thing. No, right. He has gone by Dan. My mother, from the time I was five years old, told me, your name is Daniel, it's not Dan. She did. Now, it's weird. My brother's name is Bob, or Robert, and she didn't do that with him. He goes by Bob. Um, My sister, one of my sister's names is Angela Kay. She goes by Kay. But for some reason, my mom made it clear to me when I was little that my name was not Dan, it was Daniel. And it, for the longest time, I fought it. Like, I had a high school teacher in, like, the 11th grade who'd called Dan Shirley, and I stopped answering. And he said, Mr. Shirley, you're there. And I was like, yeah, well, Dan's not my name. And I got sent to the principal's office for being a smartass. <laughs> so, you're just doing what your parents told well, you. Right. And, you know, like, at the, at, at, you know, and it, oh. I, but I'll get people who call me Dan. And I've gotten to where I just kind of let it go now. Yeah. yeah I mean, you know, I'm pretty high strung. Yeah. And and I for the longest time I'd say, Well, my name's not Daniel, it's Dan. I get people at the athletic call me Dan. And I've tried to make it clear to our they call it our people staff, the HR staff, can you put Daniel on all my documentation? Right? So if people see that my name is in Slack, if my people if my name comes up as Daniel, maybe people will call me Dan Daniel instead of Dan. Um but I've also gotten to where I just like, I'll just live with it, right? If somebody does, if somebody still calls me Dan, it's not the worst thing in the world. Now, if you call me Danny, we're going to have problems because <laughs> I'm not an eight year old. I'm not eight years old. Don't call me Danny. But you know, David O'Brien and I had the first time I ever talked to David O'Brien. Oh. He and I had this conversation because he prefers to go by David. And I, he said, I said, what? And I asked him. I said, do you prefer Dave or David since we're going to be working together? You know, and he's like, damn, nobody's ever asked me that. Mm-hmm. And I said, well, I prefer Daniel and I don't like being called Dan. So it's whatever you prefer. Now, Russ, I've got entire wing of my family who called me Bud. <laughs> Where did that come well, from? Well, that was my dad's nickname. So they just called you they by his nickname. They started calling me Bud when I was little and they still Shouldn't call me Bud. Buddy. Well, no. Well, I was a little bud. I guess I should have been. (laughs) But they didn't call my brother Bud. I don't. For some reason, they started calling me Bud when I was little, and I they they call me that now. So I can't get mad about Dan if people are gonna call me Bud. My name's not Bud. It's like the kid on the Cosby Show, Mister Cosby. My name's not Bud. (laughs) You remember that when they were calling him Bud just because the little girl said his name was Bud. His name was Kenny. His name wasn't Bud. So I guess I can't get too upset about it. But, uh, but no, Danny, we've got a problem. All right. But not – I can live with Dan. I don't like it, Yeah. but I can live with it. Yeah. I'm trying to, as I get older, just let stuff go, right? Oh, especially something like that. Yeah. But, but you know, if he wants to be called Michael, then you call him Michael. Yeah. That's not hard. 
No. I mean, if you can't, like, I've well, always known I, you as Russ. But he's not going to get upset if you call him Mike. No. Like, like I said, if I come in here tomorrow and said I'm going by Russell and you call the show and call me Russ and I get angry, that's that's on me. But I've always known you as Russ, mm-hmm. right? But if you said, if the first time we met and you said, hey, it's Russell, not Russ, that would have clicked in my brain. Yeah. And I wouldn't have called you Russ from here on out. Yeah. Have I ever told you the story of, because I used to go by the fool and the reason I didn't, have I ever told you that story? I don't think so. Damnedest thing. So I would go to the restaurants or whatever. They'd be like, can we get a name for your oh, order? And yeah. I'd say Russell. And they'd say, and they'd put down Wilson. And they'd be like, Wilson, your order. I'm like, well, I said Russell. I didn't say Wilson, which Russell Wilson comes to mind. Yes. Uh, so I was like, so one day I'm, I'm, I just make this decision. I, I'm at like a, a Zaxby's or something. And they're like, give me a name for the order. And I said, Russ. And I was like, that, that'll work. Russ. The people will quit calling me Wilson. And I, I swear – not five minutes later, Wes, your order's ready. <laughs> well, you should see when I'm, when I'm at the doctor and they say Shirley and I get up and people look at me like, <laughs> your name is Shirley? Well, time's sure are changing, are my they? last name. I wonder which bathroom name. he's using. <laughs> but, I mean, I've got, I had one doctor who I'd been to for years and they and they'd say, Mrs. Shirley? And I'd stand up and they'd look at me and I'd say, well, it ain't Mrs. <laughs> it ain't Mrs. All right. <laughs> Get that right. <laughs> My pronouns are no, no. four seven eight six four six ESPN. Let's get away from that. Brian and Warner Robbins. Hey, Brian. Hey guys. Happy Wednesday. Hope y'all are well. Hope you are too, man. Yeah, not too bad. Um, real quick, y'all are talking about the names. Uh, I Brian's actually my middle name, and uh, I'm I'm number six out of six kids, and I'm the only one of the six that goes by their middle name, and I cannot explain why. <laughs> I have no, no idea why. Yeah, I have a buddy like have that. Another, yeah, yeah. I have a um, then I have another name that my brothers call me, but I can't say because I don't think the FCC appreciates <laughs> it. But um, but that's a story for another day. But uh, two questions about the Braves. Number one is anybody else besides me worried about Spencer Strider having success go to his head? Because I, I, I may be wrong here, but it just seems like he's getting a little cocky to me. I, and I'm just wondering if yeah. anybody else sees that. You know, with the number change, the yeah, 99. Yeah, yeah I, I can see that. I, I see where you're coming from. I do, Brian, and appreciate the phone call. It was good seeing you yesterday. But I, I think for his personality type and his the way he pitches, I think that's a good thing. I Yeah, I do too. Um because I mean, his his mo is I'm going to throw a hundred mile an hour fastball at, at at your chest, hit it. Right. I want that guy to be a little. Yeah, I mean, like, were you ever worried about uh, power guys in the past being cocky? Roger no. Clemens and Nolan no. Ryan. And, no. No, I think you need to have a little bit yeah. of the, the mustache and ninety nine yeah. and all. Like, if he w- didn't have the mustache. You look at him and go, oh, he's, he's 5'10". Like, he's, if he came out there all cocky and was throwing 93 miles an hour, right. I dare you to hit it. That's going to be a problem. That's but he right. ain't. He's throwing 99 no, he's 100. He's throwing 99 100, right. Yeah. Exactly. But, no, I can definitely see where, where he's coming from. What I worry about with somebody like that is that confidence getting rattled to where he's not cocky. And right. then he's unsure of himself. And then he starts to think. You don't want that guy to think. Well, know? and we need to see what happens. When he's when he hits a tough stretch, because not every pitcher is going to be what he was last year. 
You know, they're going to have yeah. – he's going to have well, a tough stretch. Well, and How that's does he wanna, handle that? I think that ex- that's a great question because that's what we want to see. We want to see this guy make 33 starts. I want to ride right. that roller coaster. What does that look like? What can he do in, in that amount of time? And he had – I mean, he had games in the regular season where he wasn't good. Right. It seems no, like doubt. there was a start he, against the Mets that he – He had a couple of games where he really uh, – really struggled and that's gonna you know that's gonna happen but I think that the thing about Spencer Strider that got me excited is when he started seeing those teams for the second and third time and was still having the same success you know that's with a young pitcher that that's having that kind of year that's or or I guess I should say that kind of a start to a career that's what you worry about when you see that order a second or a third time does it start to catch up with you a little bit uh and and he seemed to be able to uh to handle that, yeah, it was uh, the Mets game on August the seventh. Two and two thirds gave up four earned. So, and then, it, <clears throat> excuse me, his very next start was eight days later against the same team, and he went five innings and gave up one earned run. And Price struck out ten. Oh no, he only no. Wait, wait. I'm sorry, I was looking at the wrong. He actually, that's that's odd. That now that's an oddity. In the two inning game where he could well he the two and two thirds he couldn't get out of the third inning. He struck out five in the five inning game where he only gave a one earned run. He only struck out four. Is that right? Yeah, that was an off week for him. He only had nine strikeouts. He had thirteen in the game before that week. So, yeah, I you want to see how he responds when things don't go well, and it for the most part last year when things didn't go well, he bounced back pretty nicely. Mm-hmm. He really did. He really did. Um, so really excited to see what what he can bring uh, to this team. And um, and and you look. Let's we'll take a break and come back and talk about it. But there, he, we need things to go well for Strider and Freed right now because there's a couple other pitchers that you have to worry about a little bit. We'll take a break, come back. We'll keep the spring training talk going. Uh, we invite you to join the program four seven eight six four six ESP. And if you want to change the subject and go somewhere else, that's always fine with us. We'd love to hear from you. Back with more right after this. <laughs> Twelve fifteen, Russ and Daniel back with you here on the Midday Sports Zone. Talking a little Braves baseball at the moment. So Kyle Wright is dealing with some injury issues now. He's he's they they're being very careful, and there's like level of caution in baseball with pitchers, right? In spring, it's over the top, stupid. You know, wrap them up in a bubble. Um, early part of the season, slightest thing, you know, skip a start. Then once you basically once you get into like August and September, it's like just grab it and go, you know, right. fight through it. So we're at the wrap them in bubble portion. So it's not anything to be concerned with yet because they're going to have him on a schedule on a program to have him ready to go when the regular season starts. So what you can't have right now with Kyle Wright is another setback because then it is going to get into the season. And then the other issue is Mike Soroka is dealing with a hamstring issue. Michael Soroka. Thank you. Michael Soroka is dealing with a hamstring issue. And, I mean, you can't, you can't expect anything out of Michael Soroka this year. That's going to take some time to get used to that. It is. Yes. But he doesn't care if we say Mike, so we okay. can still say Mike. Okay, we can still say Mike. Uh, but I, w- I want Mike Soroka to get back to baseball, to get back into a major league rotation, and to go out every fifth day and make starts. I, I don't care if his ERA is 5.2. I want him to be able to do that. What I would hate to see happen is he never makes it back. Right. 
you know, there's setback after setback after setback to where he just never gets that opportunity to get back out there and see what he can do. Because it really is one of the, the big tragedies in, in baseball, uh, just from a playing standpoint. I don't want to be overly dramatic, but this young man uh, has made his debut for the Braves in 2018, and he was, as a 20-year-old, he has made 37 starts in his big league career, which is roughly a season. 15 and 6 with an ERA of 2.86. And wasn't there like a road thing where he didn't couldn't lose on the road yeah. or something? I mean, he had that stretch where he never lost on the yeah. road, so. And his only full season came in 2019 as a 21-year-old. He was 13 and 4 with a 2.68 ERA. Crazy. He was an All-Star that year. He finished second in the Rookie of the Year voting. He finished 6th in the Cy Young voting as a 21-year-old. As a 21-year-old, right? And then just to, to for that career to never launch would just be a, a, a real shame. Right, and it, that's the thing. Like, you hate to see guys who are that talented, and it's you can tell what's there, and it feels like they're getting kind of robbed of it, robbed of the opportunity. And it's not anything of their own doing, right? If somebody does something stupid and, and loses that on their career, that's on them. He has done nothing to deserve all the stuff no. he's been through. No, he really, no, he hasn't. And it's it's just, and the other thing too is, you know, he would come on uh, with Bill in the afternoons. So if you remember those interviews or if you had a chance to hear him, it's just, he's such a smart guy. Yeah. And yeah. even like we would, I remember even before he made that major league debut in 2018 when he was only 20 years old, we had him on the show right when he got drafted. And it's like, there's no way that that guy's 18 years old. The thing about he's sounded way more mature than he should be at 18 and just really thoughtful too, right? Of, you know, this is this is what he's going through and this is what all that stuff. I mean, you're not supposed to be that thoughtful and that mature at 18. You're just not. And th- that was a that was always a really interesting part of hearing those interviews for sure. Yeah. Oh, man, now we got video of Spencer Strider facing Ozzy Albies. Yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> Hang on, let me watch this. I don't know if that had been called a strike or not. If there, if we had robot umps, that's a strike. Right, right. Ozzy didn't look like he wanted any part of that, did he? <laughs> I wouldn't. I'm just going to stand in there and watch. I, mean, I don't blame him. I mean, here comes the second pitch. Now I'm doing play-by-play of spring training videos. We've really hit a low point here. A little check swing. And I wonder if Ozzy has faced him before. I, well, he's talking to somebody behind him like he hasn't. I mean, this looks like an all-star game appearance. Like, holy crap, what Ozzie is this? Because Ozzy was hurt, right? Right, yeah. Like, what am I looking at? Maybe last year in spring training a little bit. Maybe in spring training last year. Maybe. Yeah. So, but, yeah, I just can't wait to see. And, you know, Ozzy Albies, that's another big storyline. Uh, I'm wearing my 2021 World Series Champions T-shirt today. And um was out in the uh, – you know, getting some water during the commercial break, and one of the guys asked me, you know, how do you think the Braves are going to do this year? And I was like, you know, I think I'm really getting excited about this season. I think they're going to do really well. I, I and it's and the thing that's got me excited is the love from the national media. By the way, Ozzy grounded out to the uh, to the pitcher, or no, to first base. Um, and and Spencer Strider regular season form and covering the bag at first, which which I mean. As big as his feet are and as big as that bag is, that shouldn't be a problem, right? No, it should not. I want to see that. I can't wait to see what the bags look like. Well, here you go. Can you see that video right there? 
Yes. Here, let's blow it up. Can you see the bag at first? Yeah, he steps on it. Look at it. It's like a pizza box sitting yeah. out there. Yeah. But but you remember the injury? To, was it um, Hudson that got stepped on? Right. Well, Max Freed. Uh, Max Freed. Well, no, the, no, Max. No, was it Max? Freed? Yeah, he got stepped on in the in the World Series. Yeah. And kind of went to the, the Braves. Hey, if the, with the bigger braces, the Braves might not win the World Series because Max Freed never gets stepped on. Yeah, that's true. No, but like on plays like that, you know, they talked about bigger bases for player safety, and it's like, how is that making it safer? And then, boom, that's the first time I've seen a, a first baseman with the underhand lobbed and the pitcher covering the bag at first, and it's like, oh, well, and, and Ozzy didn't run to first because it's just spring training. You're not trying to do anything crazy, but. You know, it, it's it does, it's not going to matter if you beat it out in batting practice, right. right? Well, that's why I thought they might just make the first base bigger. Yeah, and have, like, the, the foul territory. Right, but they're doing all, all the back. Yeah, well, yeah. They want it. that helps with the stealing Yes, it too. does. So, yeah. I think it's and, a two, it does help the thing. shortstop, second baseman, whatever, turn the play a little bit easier. Um, you know, so, yeah, I, I mean, I'm, I'm okay with it. I don't have a big problem with the bags being bigger. I, you know, it, it will take some getting used to. Yeah, it, it 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 I mean it looks it different. It looks weird. And it and it's probably like the visual is kind of goofy, but when you see a play like that, it makes sense. Right. And I'm sure that those guys at second base and short, uh, shortstop and second baseman are going to have to really practice their steps and all that stuff. It's probably going to make things different for the first baseman too. You know, where do you get your where do you get your step? Where do you what about your footing? All that stuff. So, I mean, it'll be different, but once they start playing, it'll be fine. Mm-hmm. I, like you said yesterday, uh, once they start going, and if there are no issues, it, we won't even notice. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and, uh, right. That's, the, that's, what you, that's what you hope to uh, see with the new rules, is that they're, just, they're, they're not noticeable. Um, so, like, and go through some of these with college baseball. Uh, Pitchers are allowed one step off or fake throw per batter to reset the action clock. Uh, so they have – before the 2020 season, they introduced a 20-second action clock trying to speed up the pace of play. Uh, and it's with runners on base, the pitchers have 20 seconds to begin their motion towards home plate. And what they would do is they would just step off to reset that clock. So you never really noticed that there was a clock. Well, now they can only do that one time. Um, and and you, as you know, as, as I've watched the Georgia Tech Georgia Southern game last night, it's not noticeable. No, it's not. And, and that's that's what I hope happens with Major League Baseball. That you know we don't come in here, on, you know, on a Wednesday in April, going, "Oh my God, these rules are killing this game." That, that's what what you don't. I, the I think the intent is good, but as you, as we know with certain things, there are going to be situations that come up that we haven't thought about because this is, you know, kind of new territory. And like I said yesterday, the first question I have about the pitch clock, is the pitch clock like you have X amount of time to do this or is the pitch clock the speed limit where right. you get 25, but if you started at 27, we're not going to freak out about and it. And when does it start? And Right. Well, like, is I, it I, immediately when the pitcher gets the ball back in his hand? Right. Okay. Or is it when he steps up on the mound? Right. I, I don't know. I don't know the answer to any of these questions. We're going to have to just find have out. To find out as we watch Like along, I said, I, I'm, I'm kind of wishing I would watch more minor league baseball <laughs> last year. And I'd probably have a better understanding of what's going on here. But, uh, that's, but that's, you know, that. they've done these things. They've tried these things in minor leagues. Mm-hmm. And they've worked. Yeah. That's the thing. They've, they've tested it out. It's not They're like, not just throwing stuff up against the wall. Sometimes it feels like it, but you're right. They're not. Four seven eight six four six ESPN. Rob is in Grovania. 
Hey, Rob. Hi, Russell. Hi, Daniel. <laughs> How you doing, man? How are you, Rob? <laughs> Hey, um, just one quick comment, not really worthy of discussion, but I was driving home from refing a soccer game in Jones County and uh, listening to Georgia basketball, and they just need to stop playing teams that begin with A. <laughs> yeah, especially on the road, yes. <laughs> but um, in regards to Major League rule changes, and I know this is more of a question for Bill's show, but mm-hmm. I'm I'm on the road a lot this time of year because of high school soccer. Um. The I just want to make one comment. The I know a lot of uh, people like you and I who watch baseball aren't really thrilled about the uh, extra inning rule with the man on second base. But the one comment I want to make is it does have overwhelming support from the players themselves. Yeah. Yeah. I, hey, Rob, appreciate the, the phone call. I, look, the players, they don't want to play 14 inning games. But like I said, if that's the issue in the game in a tie. Right. I mean, what's more important? Figuring out who wins the game or ending the game. And if ending the game is – it's, it's kind of like it, it's a half-assed approach. And that's what bothers me about it. You're not continuing to play the game to, to determine a winner. You're trying to get the game over with. So just end the game. You had 27 outs. If you couldn't, or give the team with the most hits the win. I don't know. Figure out a way. Have, yeah, have a home run derby. Have something to, like a tiebreaker. Have a have a foot race. <laughs> just, but don't put a ghost runner on second base. Yeah, I don't. I, I it's funny. I love the whole ghost runner thing. That sounds funny. But uh, it's 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 not the best way to do it. It's really not. Um, and it's a shame. And I don't know that, but it doesn't sound like they're going to do anything about it. And like Rob said, if the players, if the players want it, shouldn't it be about the players? I mean, it, it's about the players, not not the owners. It's not about the managers. It's if the players like it, and and look, or try to find a middle ground. Play 12 innings of baseball, and if it goes past that, then start the ghost runner. I don't know. Or end it in a tie. Or end in a tie. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but but this, this, this ghost runner stuff is just – it's just it's, it's goofy. By the way, one more thing before we get to break here. Um, someone was asked uh, as we're watching the uh, Spencer Strider throw live BP to uh, the older video against Ozzy. Not sure who's facing now, but they are using pitch clocks. Right now, as they do this to get the pitchers ready, are they? And I'm looking. There's and I'm looking. I I can't. It's not in the visual of the video. Yeah. Okay. Now I see it over here. So Spencer Strider is. I'm I'm looking at it now. Yeah. There's the countdown, and he's you know getting a sign, and it was it was 20 seconds. Now he ends up stepping off, but it's I, it's not something I noticed in the video before. I don't think the pitch clock's going to be an issue. I don't think pitch clock's going to be an issue either. I think I think I think those guys are just going to make the adjustment and. Move on. And if you think about it, 20 seconds is a long time yeah, to is. get ready to throw a pitch. So it's not like, you know, it's not ridiculous. But it's those guys like Kenley Jansen that take forever in a day and walk around the mound and pick up the rosin bag and all that constantly. Right. It's to speed that well, up. Well, and, and also, you know, you can't, you can't have the batter. Remember Nomar Garcia Parra? My God. Oh, yeah, that, yeah. You can't have the batter switching his gloves and untightening his gloves and stepping out and – Taking off their helmet. I mean, that's part of it as well. 
Yeah. So I mean, yeah, it's it's it, there's a lot there, but I think we'll get used to it. Yeah, we'll get used to it. We'll take a break. Four seven eight six four six ESPN. If you want to jump in on the conversation, and we're back with more right after this. Twelve thirty three. Russ and Daniel back with you here on the midday sports zone. Something to keep an eye on, Falcons fans, and that is the Tennessee Titans have released Taylor Lewan. Uh, he has been a starting tackle for that team, I think, ever since he was drafted, um, which was in 2014. He was 11th pick overall in that draft. Something to keep in mind, though, um, and, and I'm think, and when I say the link to the Falcons, the Falcons may need some offensive line help. He played at Tennessee for Arthur Smith. The, the, the Falcons have dipped into that Tennessee bucket a lot to go find players. But one, I wouldn't want to sign him to any kind of a, a big-time contract or, or guarantee him a starting spot. But I wonder if he would be willing to come in and compete for a spot on a cheaper contract. So he was a pro bowler from 2016 to 2018. In 2019, he had the four-game suspension uh, for using a banned substance. Uh, he came back and has done pretty well uh, since. He started five games in the 2000 season. Uh, but then tore his ACL and was placed on injured reserve October the 19th. He had another setback in week two of this season. Um, and then he said on, a, I guess it was about two weeks ago, that he did think the Titans would release him, and that has happened, and he is going to consider retirement. So he may not even have any interest in playing, and I don't know how much is in the tank. I, you know, when a guy gets popped for a banned substance and then the performance falls off and never really comes back to the same level – how much of that was the guy and how much of that was the banned substance. Right, right. And that's what happened. I mean, he he was popped and <clears throat> has had slowed down since then for sure. So. Yeah, and I'm sure age has something to do with that too. That's a physical, physical position to play and a very physical offense to play in. Um, and at that size, you know, it's um, that's, that's, that's a lot of wear and tear on the body. He's almost six feet, eight inches tall. Yeah, he's a big dude. I mean, you know, and that – that kind of that size, it's it's got to be harder and harder to play, doesn't it? Yeah, I would think so. Um, now here's here's a something I wanted to get into, and I hate to keep going back to this, but more information was released. So Adam Silver was talk asked about players not playing in the NBA, as as we've talked about, and in general, his response was season ticket sales are good, TV ratings are good. What's the problem? Well, well, now we might have one. The ratings came out for the All-Star game on Sunday night. About 4 million people watched it, which is not a big number at all for that. But it's not necessarily the number because, as we said, when you get into TV ratings, you have to understand in the past decade, everything's down because people don't watch TV as much as they used to. But that being said, that number was down 20 Seven percent from one year ago. You lost all over a quarter of your audience, and that's not from ten years ago. No, that's from that's last one year. year. Right. That, that's 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 you know pandemic. We're past the pandemic. We're past you know. There's not. It's it's a one year change, a year to year basis. You dropped twenty seven percent. I wonder if that's going to change his tune a little bit. Well, you have to acknowledge it, right? I mean, you can't just if you can't. If you say we don't have problems, well, 
there is there is a problem. So, I mean, I would think you would have to acknowledge that there is a problem there. We'll see. But it can't be good. I don't know. How can you sell that as a positive? That you we can't. lost 20, 20% of our That's, viewership over la- from last year. Because, I, you know, I, I follow this stuff on social media, and I don't really talk about it a lot unless it's something drastic because you'll say, oh, it's down 3% from last year. Oh, who cares? But 27%. In one year. In one year. That's a lot. That's a, yeah, that is absolutely a lot. So I, I just I, I wonder if that's going to change the tune because, now, I mean, it's really starting to become a topic of conversation. And I, 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 a lot of it is that the NFL season is over, the baseball season hasn't started, and the NBA season is on break. So these are the things we go to. So maybe next week this conversation goes away. But it's not just our show. It's not, you know, I'm talking about national radio. This is a topic of conversation. Why don't NBA players want to play? And to me, I mean, that that's if I'm a commissioner, that is the most insulting question that you could ask me. Why do your players not want to play? How do you answer that? Because there's no right answer. You're yeah. either going to irritate fans or players. Well, again, do you want to compete? I just want guys that want to compete. And I don't know that there is the competitive level of the NBA right now is not as high as it is, has been. And you can't deny that. Uh, you, you know, why don't they play defense? There's a lot of reasons. The rules don't allow it. But, it, but the, comp, the competitive level on that end of the court is not what it want, used to be. I, I don't think anybody would argue that. Yeah. No, oh, no. Watch the product. No, you. I mean, YouTube's a wonderful tool. You can you can go back you and know, see the difference. And we talked about this. I was talking to my son Matt about this, and I think he got sick of me saying it, so I stopped saying it. But if they can play hard in the Drew League this summer, why can't they play hard in an All Star game one night? Well, they don't want to get hurt. Okay, well then you can't play in the Drew League. Because if I'm an NBA owner and you get hurt playing in the Drew League. That doesn't have anything to do with the NBA. Right. And you've cost me a lot of money. Right. Then you can't play in the Drew League. Right. And it's and it's a, and it's almost like a middle finger to fans too. Yes, it I is. I mean it just is because the All-Star game is as much for the fans as it is the players. Oh yeah, no doubt. And and I you know the, the thing is you have to have fans because advertisers I guarantee you anybody that Kia or whoever all the all these big time corporate sponsors the NBA has I guarantee you that league office has fielded questions about 27%. What the hell? Where's that audience you said you were going to deliver me Sunday night? It's going to be a 27% is a big number. How, they're not getting that back next year. Not in one year. No. What, what can the NBA possibly do in the next – over the course? They're playing 20 games in two months. People are going to sit out. So that's an average of 10 games per month. So you're playing every third day. It's the playoff crunch. Guys are going to be sitting out for load management. Right. Then your playoffs are going to take forever. Uh, God forbid somebody gets up two games to one and there's a load management situation in game three. I mean, what can they possibly do in the short time they have left until the NBA Finals to get those 27% back? Now, those, now, a lot of those people are still probably going to watch the Finals. They just don't want to watch the All-Star game because it's a terrible product. 
but the, but it's bleeding over into your regular season. Right. I wonder how many people started watching the game and finished. Well, that's too. probably a big part of it. I would I, I would because, think there's even I think the number's probably even bigger than the twenty seven percent. Because the people that I've talked to that did watch at least a portion of it were like that. <laughs> I turned. I stopped paying I attention ten minutes in. Yeah. I, so I and just, you know, I'm as big an NBA fan as you know. You're the biggest NBA fan I know. Yeah, right. But easily by far. And it was it was unwatchable. Yeah. I mean, when in, when a coach in the NBA who coached that game said it was their worst game of basketball ever. <laughs> I mean, you have to acknowledge that there's a problem. Uh, you would think. You would think. But anyway, you uh, think he got called to the commissioner's office for saying that? I would, I, I would, I, I would tell him to kick rocks. I'm I, right. I, you, what, what, what? See, that's the thing. What's the commissioner's office going to say? Hey, you got to quit telling the truth. Right. I mean, they I, don't make me do interviews because yeah. I'm not going to lie. Right. Yeah. That, that's that's it. That's it. So it's 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 a situation. It's a situation they're going to have to address for sure. We'll take a break. Oh, by the way, in uh, Braves live BP update. So Max Fried was facing Ronald Acuna Jr. Acuna took him deep. Did he? Yeah. It's a good sign, right? I think Acuna's going to have a big year. I hope so. I really do. I hope so. We'll take a break. 478-646 ESPN. Wrapping it up right after this. Twelve forty six. Russ and Daniel wrapping it up. What's today? Wednesday. Wednesday. I'm having a hard time on Wednesdays. This is the second Wednesday in a row. I felt like it was Thursday. When you say Wednesday, do you still think Wednesday? Every time. Every time. Every time I type it, Wednesday. Yes. Wednesday. Right. To make sure I spell it right. Yeah. Yep. No doubt. So, gosh, we got nothing tonight, right? Hawks are still on break. Tech and Georgia basketball played last night. No midweek baseball. It's wrestling. We got wrestling. We got wrestling. We've always What's got wrestling. tonight for wrestling? AEW night. AEW. Yeah. I don't even know what the main event I missed the Friday night is shows. Is Jericho still in that? Yes, he is. I saw it like a – somebody called it the Circle of Jericho. No, it's the Jericho Appreciation Society. Well, no, 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 no. I saw this was somebody like this was the Circle of Jericho's oh, career. Oh, 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 yeah. And it was like start a new gig or start a new – what do they call it? Not a gig, but a new – Like gimmick? Gimmick. Start a new gimmick. Get everybody excited. Have – three or four great matches, then start to mooch off other wrestlers, and then start over. And that's kind of what he's done his whole career <laughs> to where he, you know. And I like Chris Jericho. I guess this person didn't like Chris Jericho as much as, as other people Yeah. Did. No, I've always been a Chris Jericho fan because he has. He's reinvented himself so many times over the years. And now, then, who's in the Chris Jericho Society? Uh, the Jericho Appreciation Society. Ah, I'd have to pull it up. It's, it's a lot of people is it, you've is probably it never like heard a, of. Is it, so it's a stable of, yeah. of folks. And it's mostly, uh, it's mostly like AEW wrestlers. So if you've never watched it, you wouldn't really okay. know who they are. Um, I was about to say, they better be AEW got, wrestlers if they're in AEW. Have you heard of Daniel Garcia? No. Okay, there's Jake Hager. You've probably never heard of him, but he's from the coastal Georgia area. Is he really? Yeah. Okay. Um, then you've got Angelo Parker, Matt Menard, Sammy Guevara. Now, Sammy uh, Guevara, I think I know him. Okay. Tay Conti and Anna Jay. You know who that is. She's from the coastal Georgia area, too. A Jay? Anna Jay. Anna Jay. You know who Anna Jay is. Google Anna Jay. Okay. So, how did they kind of become a group? Uh, same. It's just a stable, like you said. They all like they just formed a stable. They all like uh, Chris Jericho, apparently. I, yeah, I, I guess so. 
Oh, oh Anna J. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I've seen her before. I thought I thought that might ring a bell. Is she from Georgia? Yeah. She's from Brunswick. Yeah. Yep, Brunswick, and Georgia. And her partner is Jungle Boy. Well, I don't know if they're still doing a thing now, but yeah, no, that's... I mean, like off out of the ring, like her. Oh, are they an, an item? Yeah, that's uh, Luke, uh, Luke Perry's. Is kid. that Luke Perry's kid? Yeah, Jack Perry. And his name is Jungle Boy. Yep. Oh, I think you've. Probably, I think maybe you've told me that before. Now, is Anna J? Is she? Uh, is she a? Wrestler or valet? She's a wrestler. Okay. Yeah. Do they do valets in AEW? What is valet? Like the like a manager? Like Miss Elizabeth. Oh, I, you know, I don't think I think all I'm trying to maybe well like Vicky Guerrero, but she she rarely shows up. She's insane. No, oh, she's great. That's a great character. I would say some things about her, but I don't think I can. No, I mean, she's a wonderful lady, but no, 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 the no, character, her character is, is just. Excuse me. It's, it's oh, I love it. She's bat bleep crazy. <laughs> it's great. <laughs> My God. Oh. I saw something about, was it The Rock? When she was on WWE and he did the whole thing where he was talking about, he was like, he, it was almost like he was buttering her up like she was a pretty and not and at the end of the speech he just called her like the ugliest thing in the world <laughs> and then he did the whole thing it doesn't matter what you think you know and oh my god so that's the, that's all really reason i know anything about her yeah but what i've seen of her she's insane yeah now she's eddie guerrero's wife right yes okay widow yeah right widow, widow for sure Man, I, I'm, I'm watching this back to this max fried ronald acuna jr video i'm i'm i, I you can't see the pitch clock from this angle. And I'm sure these guys are shooting this stuff with their phone. I'm so I'm not. This isn't a criticism. But David O'Brien tweets, if you notice, Freed ran out of time, rushed the pitch because 15 seconds was expiring. I'd imagine we see a lot of that around MLB and spring games and maybe some early regular season games. That's something that now you can't notice it because you can't see the pitch clock in the video. Or at least if you can, I, um, I don't see it. Because in the other angle, it was on – the from what I'm watching, it was on the right side of the batter's eye, like about there, but it, you can't see it. I wonder where it's going to be in the stadium. Um, uh, well, I know in in Truist Park, it's on the batter's eye, so it'll be out in center field. And now, and they say that there's one on the facade behind home plate. So if you're watching on television, you'll probably be able to see that. So one. the pitcher, I mean, you need to have it where the pitcher can see it. Right, that's kind it's of kind of like the play clock where the. You know the quarterback needs to know where the play clock is. Right, and then and then the one in the batter's eye, so the catcher and the, catcher the hitter, and the can, hitter see can see it. it too. And then for us, then fans in the stadium also, if you're sitting behind home plate, and then for us watching at home, yeah. And I'm really curious, like, to hear how um, that gets called. Like, maybe we'll have uh, one of the announcers on before the season start. I mean, do you like uh, he's he's steadying for the one one pitch? Pitch clocks at seven, six. Like, do well, we, we do that in the NFL? Yeah, you know, I mean, and is it going to turn red when it gets to like three or five or something? Yeah, like a horn goes off in the stadium. Yeah, Burr. well, you know how the, <laughs> they do that on TV for the NFL games when the play clock gets gets below ten, it like changes from white to red. I guess to yeah. alert you that it's there. Yeah, so, um, you know, it, that's going to be an interesting part of this. Is how comfortable the pitcher is with it. Yeah. Right? Uh, uh, by the way, did you know today is National Margarita Day? I did not. I did not either. I bet you're 
excited. I wish I'd have taken the afternoon off. I could go sit out on the deck somewhere and drink margaritas. Uh, Ken from Cummings probably doing that right now. <laughs> I don't. I don't really. I, I'm not a big margarita guy. But in the summertime, if we go to a Mexican restaurant like late afternoon, that's the only time I would, like like a margarita. My wife loves margaritas. Loves it. Like if we go out and she's not driving, she's going to get a margarita. I mean, no, she's not going to be sloshed by the time we leave, but she will drink a margarita <laughs> with, her, with her food. For hey, honey, do you want Mexican tonight? No, I don't feel like carrying you out of the restaurant yeah, again. You got to drive. <laughs> no, that, that's not, not going to be it. And I'll, I'll say this, too, and I, I've gotten to where when I go out to eat, which we don't go out to eat very often, but when I do, I don't I don't usually drink or I don't anything. like uh, alcohol with my food. Yeah? I don't typically. Like, I'll have a bit, you know, if I go and I'm watching a game and yeah. I'm getting, you know, a burger, I'll, yeah, I'll drink, a, I'll drink a beer. But if we go to a restaurant yeah. to eat supper, I'm not really going to. Yeah. Now, if they're, if we're going to hang around and chit-chat after the meal, I'll have one. Right. But if, if we're just going somewhere to eat, pay the bill, and leave, I don't, I, I don't, yeah, I've gotten to where I just drink water. I don't know why. That, I mean, drink. it's not like a conscientious thing. It's just a habit, really. Yeah, I'll probably drink Pepsi or Coke. Or I guess because usually I'm driving. So Yeah, that might I, be. I tend thing. to be the driver in the family. All right. But, you know, my mom's Well, I, I just don't drink. I probably drink the least amount of anybody in our family. Oh, I haven't had you know, anything like to drink. Laws, oh, yeah. I haven't had anything to drink in over 12 hours. <laughs> I can I can easily say I have not had a beer in 12 days. At least. I haven't had a beer in 12 days. I've I think had the multiple last time I had one was when we when I went to Chicago for or uh, Nashville yeah. for my meeting in December. Yeah. But, you know, drink responsibly. Don't overdo it. Right. Everything in moderation. Well, we're done for the day. Thank <laughs> God. We're out of time. Thanks for listening as always for Daniel I'm Russ. We'll do it again tomorrow. Y'all have a good one.